right. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to yet another episode of Passions Podcast. I am your regular host, Latara, here today with a new guest host, Lauren. Lauren, thank you so much. Hi. How about you introduce yourself and let everybody know uh, your background with Passions and how you ended up on the podcast today? (laughs) Well, yes, thank you for having me. Uh, My Passions origin story, I think, happened the same way as a lot of my friends and people that I know with um, summer and not anything to do during the day in middle school. And I just remember getting to my grandmother's house where all my cousins were because we always hung out at my grandma's house because she was retired. And my cousin was like, we're watching this crazy show about this prom boat that's like supposedly stinking, but it's taken two weeks to sink. (laughs) Then, Then there's like a witch with a doll that turns into a like a mini person and it's crazy and so my cousins and I we all just started watching it and then I became hooked with the whole Shuis and I've always been a stan of Teresa's hairstyles and makeup and same thing with Whitney and her hair and all the stuff ever since even though I had no idea really what was going on at at the age of 12 you know (laughs) just visually it was stimulating and then yeah you know right before TRL it was just passions and then TRL TRL. so that was my my middle school high school when I was I played volleyball pretty competitively and we would leave school and then some friends would come over to my house. We watch passions and eat and then take naps and then go to practice. And then I love it. I yeah, love the nap. So. I love that you were like, we have to take a nap. Cause that's me exactly. too. It, it, like in high school, I've always have to take a nap. Like, uh, yes, I love it. I still, I still love a nap to this day. I love a nap. Naps, naps are some of my favorite parts of my day. I know so many people who are like, I can't take naps. I think that's so crazy to me. I'm like, the minute I lay down, I'm like asleep. I fell asleep in my classroom today. <laughs> like, <laughs> like on my lunch break, I was like, oh crap, I shouldn't sleep at work. But anyway, y'all don't want to hear about me sleeping at work. Y'all want to hear about passions. So we're going to get into it. And we are going to start with the magic storyline again, y'all. Like this week was crazy. Every week has been crazy recently. So Lauren, did you like watch episodes leading up to this before before you started these episodes or did you just jump right into like where are we 425 through 4 or 426 through 430 yeah yeah did you jump right into these um I did a little primer Mm. you know but I, I forgot how slow the soap world moved so everything is still kind of lays in you don't really miss anything if you miss an episode So, but I did remember, I was trying to remember, yeah, how Teresa ended up spilling the beans with the paternity and it's like, oh, you know, she's giving me her computer and it's mine now and I'm going to tell the world. And then, yeah, how Rebecca was the one that ultimately got it. So I had forgotten that since, you know, middle school. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I've been watching kind of all of them. <laughs> okay, good. So you are raring to go. So oh, let's yes. just, let's just start over at Tabitha's house where she is about to make coffee. 
<laughs> it's her and Timmy and like Hecuba's there randomly. And uh, she's about to make coffee and Hecuba makes fun of her because she's like, oh, you have to make coffee with your hands. Like you have to do it manually, like some plebe. And Hecuba says, not Hecuba, Tabitha says, gone are the days when I could just snap my fingers and coffee would appear. But she snaps her fingers and like the coffee machine starts to work. Uh, yeah. So she I started, I got super excited because I was like, oh, is Tabitha finally, finally, finally getting her powers back? But no, y'all, she, <laughs> she not. She ain't. No, yeah. Uh, she tried. Uh, still got a while. <laughs> yeah. She tried to do some things and it didn't work. And uh, then uh, Hecuba makes fun of her. I just wanted to say that because it, I've, I felt for Tabitha in that moment. Like, I really want her to get her powers back so badly. I do not recall her not having her powers for this long. Me neither. I feel like she always did have pretty substantial powers, but clearly, yeah, not as much as Hecuba. But I clearly did not. felt like I'm, she had her hustle going. I clearly would not be like a reliable witness because I did not remember this. Yeah. And I watched <laughs> it, you know. But anyway, so Hecuba is at Tabitha's house and is like, I need to figure out what's going on with Miguel, because if you are getting your powers back, that means that he must be dying or close to death. And he is not mm. um, succeeded in finding charity. Right. So she's like, and I want to watch. So she conjures up a giant bowl of water, he, yeah. enormous <laughs> bowl of water. I, it was as big as the table. And uh, so she is looking into it. Tabitha and Timmy are, have off on their own adventure. They leave Hecuba unattended in their yeah. home. <laughs> they leave Hecuba unattended in their home to go to the book cafe to look at Hecuba's book. I'm not Hecuba, Lord, there's too many witches. <laughs> to look at Tabitha's book to see how it's going over in harmony. Because Tabitha's worried that people will find out uh, that she wrote this book and all of these secrets are going to come out and they're going to basically she's terrified they're going to burn her at the stake which of course they're <laughs> not going to burn you at the stake you've been alive for 300 years you know they don't burn people at the stake anymore Tabitha. yeah she's that's kind of that nice old weird lady that carries her doll around they're kind of whatever with her that's why I can't wait to get old because then I can say whatever I want and and be weird and people are just like whatever I mean Tabitha dresses like everyone's favorite kindergarten teacher. And I, I kind of wish that like I, I could do that. <laughs> I love it. And I too, I, well, part of me can't wait, can't wait to get old. I have like this uh, plan. I refuse, I will not be paying for any more meals after the age no. of like 75. I will be dining and ditching slowly, <laughs> slowly. Cause who's going to say shit to an old ass woman who just forgot to pay her bill. I will be dining and ditching exclusively at, oh, at yeah. nice you restaurants. I'll leave like a, I'll leave like a tip for the waitress. And that's it. <laughs> You're like, oh, I thought that I paid it with just cash on the table. Yeah, I paid. I paid. I just can't remember <laughs> as I'm getting into my car to like leave, drive away. But yeah, I'm just going to be an old lady who steals food a lot. Perfect. I like that plan. Yeah. So anyway, Tabitha it, and Timmy are at this bookstore and the these people whom I've never seen in Harmony before are reading her book and they love it. But one girl gets to the end of the book. Like, did she stand there and read the entire book? 
Yeah. I've, I've always like wondered that too. Like she must be like a champion speed reader or what? Cause, or that spell must've worked pretty good where they were able to just kind of flip through it and understand it briefly. And then, oh my gosh, the spell it wore off. I mean, there's things in my book that I wish like my family wouldn't remember, but <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> there's yeah all these town folk that are come to see the the new book of the town crazy old lady i mean i think i'd probably be there too actually to get a signed copy. none of the none of the people you would expect to be there are there but no, not <laughs> a lot of townies yeah. are there but uh yeah this girl she gets to the end of the book and she's like that's weird i don't remember a single thing i've read right okay yeah, no, so this so tabitha and timmy are like oh great the spell works but then Tabitha makes the point that I made like three weeks ago, which is what if somebody reads to like the middle and then puts it down? Like how many people read a book in one sitting? You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah. I definitely don't. So, <laughs> so, but I, again, I said, I guess we're supposed to, we're meant to believe that the book is so good that you can't put it down until you finish it, I guess. But Tabitha says, what if people don't read the whole thing and then they remember everything that they did read because they didn't read to the end? Um, so she's still worried about that. I, I don't know. That There's really nothing more to tell about that. Do you have yeah, anything to add of, about her? There's the a book? lot of holes in that plot line there. More questions than answers on that one. <laughs> it's so dumb. I mean, I love it, but I also hate it because it takes up so much time. Like, yeah. so she, so, oh, I forgot this part. So Tabitha decides I got to get all these books out of here. So she's like, I'm going to buy all the books that are, are here and I'm going to steal the ones that other people have already bought. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she gathers up all the, every single book. It had to be like 75 books into a red wagon. Where'd the wagon come from? Yeah. Where'd it come from? Was there, did she steal the wagon too, along with the books? Was it already there? She stole it from a kid <laughs> on the sidewalk. She's like, I need this yeah. kid. <laughs> I'm a witch. And she, <laughs> that's my bad tab of the impression. Um, yeah, she puts it all in a, in a wagon that I guess she brought with her. And, uh, <laughs> She says it's for her book club. She wants to make sure everybody gets a copy for her book club. It's a big book club. That's a big book club. Yeah, so she, I wish that I was a part of some book clubs like that. <laughs> I don't know. That's too many people in a book club. Oh, but that many people reading your book, that would be good. Yeah, but I don't. That'd wanna, be great. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to <laughs> be in a book club with 75, 80 people that I never get to talk. <laughs> and I like to talk. <laughs> no. So she takes, she buys all the books. Beth comes out. We get a Beth appearance, everybody. Little cameo. Yeah, uh, Little cameo. yeah I was surprised. I had to do a double take. I had to do some Googling. I was like, wait, that's Beth. Oh my gosh. Forgot about that one. And what they have done to her hair is criminal. I it's know. criminal. Yeah. And, she, and she keeps this ugly her. hairstyle. It's it's the classic Beth hairstyle for anybody who, who's wondering. It's that short and like the flippy. But before they had her like in longer hair, she's, she was gorgeous. And that actress is a legitimate beauty queen. She like won Miss America. So the fact that they did this to her to make her look that she that is a horrible look on her. I oh, Lord, I hope they did that to her. And that was not her choice. No, I'm yeah, thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, I really, really, I do wonder if this show 
was the um, origin of the Karen hair because between that Beth hair and Sheridan mm. and the time frame, yeah. And yeah. some of the ladies haven't uh, outgrown that. Still clinging on to those passion uh, fantasies, you know. And they weren't <laughs> they weren't good when they were in style, right? No, like you saw weren't. it and you were like, oh, that? Really? That's their Yeah, that's I choice? mean, with my hair, that was never attainable. So I never wanted that style to begin with. But yeah, it just wasn't really a good look. I just don't believe for one second that Beth went to the salon and was like, give me this look with the flippies at the end and just make me look 25 years older. Right. She looks so bad. But anyway, we only see her for 30 seconds. She calls her book supplier and is like, you know, that book you sent over, man, it's going like hotcakes. I don't have any left. Send over a truckload. No, make it two. And that's all we see. That's all we see of Beth. Yeah, she that's it. Two truckloads, two truckloads of Tabitha's book. You know, it's so funny many- because I forgot that back then we had to test phones to, for the dial tone. Because at first I was like, oh, oh, she just picked it up. She forgot. Oh, the actress forgot to, you know, her improv. And then she was like, oh, then she remembered to dial. I was like, no, we had to pick up a phone, make sure nobody was talking on it, that it was that the line was in use and then make the phone call. Yeah. Like I, I can't imagine that we were just talking freely on phones and anybody could just pick it up and and, and hear what we were talking about. And manually dial the numbers. Yeah. I haven't dialed a number (laughs) in so long because everybody, everybody's number that I need is like programmed into my phone. And Anytime I need to talk to like customer service, now it's like, just click the link and it, it calls for you. So I literally don't have to type in numbers on my phone anymore. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah it was, it was quite, there are certain things like that on this show that make me super nostalgic, but also oh, yeah. make me think, man, it's been, it also makes me feel super fucking old. Cause I'm like, I remember <laughs> that. And we used to do that. And that was 20 years ago now. And now I'm 20 years older, but that's okay. Yeah. All that's the Y2K true. fashion and everything. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Euphoria High School is in harmony because it just, with all the crazy shit going on there and the drama and, oh man. I love Euphoria. I'm, we're not going to get too. off on a tangent on Euphoria, <laughs> but I love that show. It is I just watched it though. So that's why I feel, oh. I think I'm feeling really, I binge watched season one and season two, like, I don't know, like oh, a month no. and a half ago. And <laughs> I, like when I first watched, I was like, this is dark. <laughs> I was like, I'm unsettled. You know, like, I hope these teenagers aren't out here doing this stuff. This is a I lot. <laughs> so I gotta make sure I remember my birth control now because I don't want to have any teenagers now. Well, my, my mom watched it. And she was like, well, it's such a good, accurate depiction of like teenage life. I was like, are you serious? Where? (laughs) Like what teenagers? Not, I know you're not talking about me. (laughs) What teenagers? I mean, some of the stuff that they do, I'm like, one, where are their parents? And then two, I'm like, when I was a teenager, I was 
freaking terrified of getting my ass kicked by my mom to do mm-hmm. half of the stuff that they're doing. Even like, like I mean, I love Pilar, but mm. a real Latina mother like would not be putting up with that. Stuff. Listen. I, you are not the first person to say that. Like, yes. Oh, listen, man. I have a black mother and I know she would not be down with that shit. Like, this would be, passions would not even happen, have happened for me <laughs> if I was Teresa. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. moment my mom told me I couldn't work at the Crane Mansion, that would have been the end of it. There would have been no dressing up in a, in a costume to fake it. Yeah. Mom, no no that's not yeah, happening no. i'd be too no, scared all that nerd the nerd oh i'm gonna put on glasses and then no one's gonna recognize me situation <laughs> yeah but but yeah those kids in euphoria not only where are their parents but like where are the adults in general right where are <laughs> the, the adults teachers? where are the teachers at this school i haven't seen one they're probably having sex with the students too. I'm telling you, you for that's probably the next season. You know what? We're on the wrong yeah. show. We're going back to passions. Now, <laughs> Tabitha, Tabitha gets all the books, takes them home, gets home, finds Hecuba, who has uh done a spell in this giant uh bowl. It's like of a water. cauldron. Like she just conjured up a, a witch's cauldron straight it's, from the freaking hocus pocus. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> And she uh, uh, says she wants to check on Miguel. And she says, show me Miguel, whatever. And there's an incantation, but I don't, I seem to have not written it down. So here we go. <laughs> um, so she says, like, show me Miguel, basically. And she can see him searching for charity in hell. And she yells down into it at him. You're wasting your time. You'll never find charity. And then she uses a bunch of random Spanish words, which felt very uncomfortable for me. I don't know how you (laughs) felt about it, but it was a lot of very, it's like, I think uh, Jasmine Ellis said this on an episode previously. She said, there's something about someone speaking just random Spanish words to a Latinx person who speaks perfect English that just rings very, <laughs> very racist. And she's, it was just so many, it was like Julian level racism <laughs> that I did not expect. Oh, from, I don't know why I didn't expect it from this witch. She is evil. She probably, I mean, she would be racist, I guess, but yeah, geez, <laughs> I didn't expect yeah, it. Just whip it out there. Yes. Because yeah. Cause Miguel, I mean, are they Mexican? I don't even know because I was watching uh, the first, few episodes and they're doing the samba and as a mexican-american woman i've never i never saw samba until i went to a brazilian restaurant so i'm just kind of like okay we talked about this we've (laughs) talked about this at length on the podcast we have talked about this at length on the podcast they still to this day 426 episodes in to this day have not nailed down what this family's heritage actually is Later on, we do find out that they are Mexican-American, but, but that's, like, that should have been established by now. It's been two years. <laughs> like, exactly, yeah. But yeah, no, they do a bunch of different things. So we were like, are they Argentinian? Because they do the tango. And then, like you said, they do the samba. And, and there's just all of these random things that, 
they attribute to this family and you're like what and they always say that their family is from the old country mama wants to go back to the old country that's like not- that's europe like, right wait where's the old country which Who's one is country? it which country <laughs> but anyway um so yeah she's yelling spanish words that miguel is super racist and uh i didn't care for it personally uh but miguel then leaps through the fucking bowl y'all oh my gosh i literally jumped when i saw that because i forgot that i was like oh my gosh they're getting really physical here it's not just fake fighting and holding them down it's oh man that actor was a jesse jesse metcalf he really Mm -hmm. earned that one I didn't didn't see it coming. That's for for, for damn sure. I didn't see it coming. So he comes through the bowl and starts strangling Hecuba. And I'm going to say this probably three more times in this uh, episode. But Hecuba is not the best witch. Why can't she use magic to break free of Miguel? Right? Mm -hmm. She can't break free of Miguel. Although eventually tabitha comes in and says gives us an excuse of oh well miguel's love for charity is making him stronger makes him so strong his love for her but if he was that strong he should have been able to get to charity and out of hell by now right like i don't know so he's strangling her she literally turns blue (laughs) this show is a cartoon she literally turns blue to the face uh Tabitha and Timmy come in see her being strangled and debate whether they need to help her or not like they're like well it might be better for us if she just died which I agree let let Miguel do what oh yeah let Miguel do what Miguel do okay let that let that be they have popcorn out it's like the ultimate shot in Freud for them they're just loving it Timmy (laughs) says as much Timmy's like uh Timmy's thinking should we help Tabitha or not and Timmy says let her croak. Loved it. Let her croak. Uh, let her croak. <laughs> let her croak. We're gonna enjoy this. So, meanwhile, uh, Timmy and Tabitha go to their to like the dining room, make martinis. They like <laughs> make a drink, come back, and then Tabitha's like, you know, maybe I should help her. So she tries to do something and obviously she has no magic so she can't do anything to Miguel but then there were multiple times in these episodes where I was like what what are the rules what are we doing here she gets a copy of hidden passions of her book and she says maybe this book is good for something and then she opens it up and then closes it really hard and Miguel just falls back into hell why yeah I was trying to figure that out too like what how how did that action or spell influence him at all? And even, you know, back to Hecuba, like he's strangling her. But, you know, I, I'm first aid CPR certified. And <laughs> I was told that if you can make noise, then you're still breathing. Right. So, like, yeah, why couldn't she make a spell? Why couldn't anything else have happened other than flipping it over, opening it, and and closing it fast and you know this is soap opera world so she doesn't even explain it like the rest of them do like they're just thinking out loud so I would really you know I would like to talk to the writers on that one 
I would like to talk to the writers on a lot of ones, honestly. Oh, yeah. Just in these episodes, specifically with the magic stuff. There was a lot this week that I was like, what the fuck, writers? Can y'all give us a little bit of something? Can y'all do what you can you do a little bit more than this? But we'll get there. So uh meanwhile, over at the uh, Bennett home, the kids have fallen asleep even though hell is in their closet. Simone is there when she has a whole ass house that's not being swallowed by hell. I I don't get it. I would not be at this house. I also would have like gone and told my parents what was going on at the Bennett home. I I would be the furthest away from my house. I'd be, yeah, calling. Yeah, like like Eve and TC, I I would be getting hold of Sam. I like the, the last place in the world I would be at that house. Yeah, especially if I didn't live there. Exactly. I, I certainly wouldn't be sleeping over, but Simone slept slept over. And not and not in the room. Not in the room, but the hell closet right there. They slept in the hell closet room. Slept in it. I guess they were just so tired from fighting the demons that they just passed out. I don't know, but they all woke up in Charity's room. Kay had not slept. She stood in front of that closet all night, pining for Miguel, feeling guilty, even though she doesn't have a soul. And they have told us over and over and over again that she can't feel anything. She obviously can. They're never going to explain why. I, I My assumption is because she lo- truly, truly loves Miguel, but they literally will not tell us that. Um, they just keep telling us, Kay can't feel anything. And then she starts to feel a bunch of shit. So yeah, she still only feels the love for him. I do wonder like, how come they, how come she doesn't have a soul? She's like kind of borderline demon. How come she couldn't go into hell? if She loved him so much to rescue him. Right. That's what I was thinking too, because later on she gets, well, earlier she got hit with some of Father Lonigan's holy water. And in these episodes, she gets hit again with some of it and it burns her. So you, like it was stand to reason because I don't agree with that. I don't understand why she doesn't have a soul. Therefore she's evil. No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but to me, if you don't have a soul, it's like neutral territory, right? Like you're not, you sold your soul, but you just don't feel anything. I, I don't know, but she's, I guess, evil. And so holy water affects her. So that would mean that the flames of hell wouldn't affect her, I would think, right? I would think so too. I think it'd feel fabulous. I think that she would just- <laughs> It's like, like a okay, heck you Yeah, where's my man? Let me go get my man. And then he'll actually love me instead of charity. Oh a my sp- God. A spa day with demons. Uh, Yeah, no, she- well we'll get to that I wonder how much this the actress who plays Charity Molly Stanton I think is her name I wonder how much she got paid to do nothing in these episodes she yells Miguel we don't even see her we see her like once we don't even see her she yells Miguel like four times and that's it I I wonder how much she got paid to do that probably not a lot actually they probably exploited her her daily rate they probably exploited these children because they were all kids at this point so they probably didn't pay her shit (laughs) um so (laughs) Kay standing in front of this closet she can't feel anything except for guilt and love for Miguel I guess uh she says she wants to go into the closet and save Miguel but everybody stops her which of course they do Uh, no we're not gonna lose Mm -hmm. a third person into the yeah we we haven't figured out a way to get anybody 
out. So maybe <laughs> don't go in yet, right? Like yeah, we still exactly. need to figure out how to get people out. We haven't found the exit yet. So it's probably a bad idea to enter the room. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Kay is like, but I need to help Miguel. I need to find a way. Reese is like, well, I'm going to do some research on the internet and I'm going to use your family computer to get on the Vatican's website and find some the, the answers so he goes downstairs there's this whole rigmarole we're gonna blast through this because this was so fucking dumb he gets on the computer even though we had already found these documents on his palm pilot but for some reason yeah. we had to go to the the home computer and do it there too and he gets to the website and he can't download what he needs to download he's like i found what i need but i can't download it Father Lonigan's like, the forces of evil are, are trans, what did he say? The forces of evil are fighting the transmission of good. Oh my God. So the forces of evil are, are fighting the, the internet that's not plugged in. Cause I'm pretty sure back then they didn't have Wi-Fi, And, you know, I was like, oh, that's a laptop. That's not plugged into anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe there was a little ethernet cord or a phone cord that we couldn't see, but yes, they, whatever. Yeah, they don't know how these passions. So I guess that's just like on, yeah, it's not a tour browser or anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, right had on the, the website. they had the AOL discs. They had to put in the computer. I actually, it was one, it wasn't even a CD-ROM computer. It was like a floppy disc laptop, like a thick, <laughs> thick laptop. Like the one that Rebecca like, stole. Weighed, oh. like, weighed like 30 pounds. You could do curls with it. I had one because uh, my dad worked in IT and he, um, he built computers, was like his job. And at his job, they would get rid of a lot of the old stuff. He would bring the old stuff home. And so I had one of those giant laptops. <laughs> it was a compact. I don't even know if they make compacts anymore, but it was a compact uh, with a docking station. It was huge. And I like tried, I took it to school like a couple of times, but it was so damn heavy. And the battery died within 30 minutes. Like it, was not, <laughs> it didn't have a long lasting battery life, but yeah, it was super heavy. And, but I thought it was so cool. And oh, so yeah. did everybody oh, else actually. Totally. Everybody else thought yeah. I was super cool too. So, oh yeah, you got a computer. You're looking nice and smart, and you're finding the ladder to hell. The you know? oh God, Lucifer's what ladder. What was it called? <laughs> the ladder of Lucifer. Lucifer, some shit like that. Let's talk about it, actually. So, uh, while they're on the computer trying to find all this shit, Pilar actually shows up to find to talk to her son for the first time in five months. Because <laughs> they have not seen each other. That's not true. They saw yeah. each other briefly at Teresa's engagement party, which Miguel was not going to go to. So they yeah. saw each other for the first time in five months last night. And now Miguel's in hell. So she shows up and everybody tells her, Miguel's in hell. He's trying to save charity. And she, at first, is like, no, this is, can't be right. Which, okay, I agree. I wouldn't immediately believe 16-year-olds telling me that my no. son was literally in hell, that he entered through a closet, and he got there through a closet. I wouldn't believe it immediately. <laughs> How like, where's the weed? Where's the weed? Yeah, what, you, what have y'all been drinking, smoking? Guys, what, there's a gas right, leak you, in here. Euphoria High School, come on. <laughs> Basically. But Father Lonigan is there to vouch for the children. The, this one adult who has not called any other adults. Yeah, exactly. To this house. <laughs> Call some adults to this house. 
call, call like another priest. Get some backup at, at the very least. Father Lonigan, do something. Hell has opened up. All the nuns. Yes. I'm sure there's like a hotline for this. This is your Super Bowl. Like you need a team, buddy. You need a team. And it can't be these children. But anyway, Pilar shows up. uh, Father Lonigan tells her, yes, these kids are telling the truth. Your son is in hell, unfortunately. Um, So then... Reese starts to kind of give up on the computer. He's like, I can't do it. It won't download. I, I know what I, I see what it is that I need, but the, the documents aren't downloading. And then Father Lonigan prays and then it works. <laughs> so great. Uh, so basically, I'm going to jump on ahead. Basically, what Reese finds on the computer is we need something called Lucifer's Ladder or the Ladder of Lucifer. Ah. I think that's what it was, the ladder of Lucifer. And uh, he's like, we have to make it, basically. But I don't, I, I, what happened? Look at my notes. I think he goes into the garage and finds it. Well, yeah, because, right, the things start downloading. But then Hecuba like shoots the computer with lightning because she's standing outside watching all of this transpire. She's like, shoots the computer with lightning. Father Lonigan's like, evil is attacking you. And Reese is like, well, hopefully hopefully I remember everything. It said something about Lucifer's ladder. And that's the thing that we need to get Charity and Miguel out. So yeah, he goes out to the garage. He's like, I'll meet you all upstairs. He comes back upstairs. And they had talked about how do we make this thing? How do we make Lucifer's ladder? He comes back with it. Well, this was in the garage, even though, you know, so like I said, like, you know, I'm a student of the Housewives, and I do remember in the Real Housewives of New Jersey a few years ago, they're doing, I don't know, just trying to figure out a storyline. So it was a family. They were only on for like one season, they were terrible. But they were, like, doing, like, some, like, emergency escape plan for if there's a fire. Mm-hmm. And they had, like, the ladders from the windows. And, I mean, is that, is that like, common for? Uh, no. Uh, back, also. Back east? I don't. <laughs> no. Also, that was not, like, an emergency ladder. He literally was like, I found this stuff in the garage. But we also, he had also told us, and Simone said it too, we have to make, it says we have to make Lucifer's ladder. But then he comes back with a rope ladder that he did not make. It's like, right. doesn't it need, isn't there some spell that needs to be cast? Or I guess if it's, if you're blessed, it has to be blessed or whatever. But <laughs> uh, yeah, he comes back with this giant rope ladder that looks ancient, by the way. Like, it does. Yeah, no, that's not something you would keep in your house. And also, if you did keep, like, an emergency ladder, it would be in the house. It wouldn't be in the house. Yeah, it's already in the room. It's already in all the rooms, according to the housewives. It's in all the rooms, ready to go. Yeah, so uh, I remember I wanted us, I remember doing, like, a, a safety preparedness thing when I was in like elementary school and it was like in case of fire you need these these those ladders I remember that specifically and I remember telling my parents like we should get these ladders and my mom was like we have a one-story house (laughs) like we'll just if we need to go out the window we'll just go out the window we don't need a ladder to climb out but I was like no we really need we need these but whatever we didn't get them and our house our house did catch on fire though oh, no. <laughs> house actually did. everyone but, got out though yeah we just walked out <laughs> just walked, walked out. right out <laughs> do, 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 do. um but 
he comes back with the ladder from Lucifer or whatever, Lucifer's ladder. Why is it Lucifer's ladder? Wouldn't, shouldn't it be Jesus's ladder? Isn't Jesus, why would Lucifer want to help you get out of hell? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't he just want them there? Doesn't, isn't that the point? Just to keep them there? <laughs> I don't know, but I guess because it, it's an, a ladder and it needed to start start with L. So they're like, yeah, Lucifer's so ladder. Alliterate, alliteration. Yeah, a little alliteration on, for, so. for you, for your uh, <laughs> afternoons. Uh, so Father Lonigan like blesses this ladder. He's like, please help us, Lord. And he throws it into the fires. And then he and Reese are like, holding on to this ladder and like because it's being pulled on by the demons I guess I don't know it flies into into hell and then Miguel I'm not Miguel and then downstairs Jessica and Simone are just sitting on the couch and they look up (laughs) and the ceiling starts to open up and it starts to like storm inside of the house and then it opens up and you can see like this scene of hell and the ladder's like flying through that like literal hell hole in the ceiling (laughs) ceiling and then they can like see Miguel and uh, again get the fuck out of this house If you get out, run, especially if you don't live here, there are no stakes for you, Simone. Go home. That's how bad. That's so sad, though. That's how bad she doesn't want to go home. (laughs) Seriously, see that that tells you how badly she gets treated at home. Her parents aren't even calling the house. Be like, hey, is Simone there? Like, where? Where is she? Is she coming home? What's going on? That girl does not even want to go home because she knows her parents only care about Whitney. She's like, I'd rather just stay at this hell house. rather be in I'll hell take my chances with be in Whitney's shadow yeah. everywhere every breath I take <laughs> that's the real hell <laughs> Whitney's shadow <laughs> yeah so anyway uh Hecuba is trying to do everything she can to to thwart them Miguel gets on the ladder he's trying to climb out Hecuba shoots lightning at him and he's still fine again I will say she's probably just not a very good witch because how does the lightning not affect anyone? Anyone? Yeah. How can you not kill people with literal Weak lightning? powers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why can't she kill people? I felt that way about yeah. Tabitha too. Why can't you? I mean, you're shooting lightning from your hands. That's crazy. At I would very love le- that. I, w- I would absolutely love to be able to shoot lightning from my hand. At the very least, they should be like stunned right like they should at least not yeah. be able to get up for a little bit but frozen everybody's always the heart fine. should stop even, everybody's always fine get up and they start fighting even after being shot by lightning so uh he miguel is climbing the ladder meanwhile Kay notices Hecuba outside trying to stop Miguel from coming up the ladder. So she goes outside and starts to like fight with Hecuba and literally tackles her, which was great. But of course, Hecuba gets the upper hand because she is a witch and has powers, I'll be them weak. But but she 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 gets the upper hand on her. And ta- this was cool, actually. This was, I liked this. This is showing some growth for Kay. Hecuba says. It's not going to be any good for you if Miguel and Charity get out of hell. Charity's going to come back and she's going to remember that you didn't do anything to save her and that you sold your soul to me. And Kay's like, I don't care. I I just want my man. Yep. Let the chips fall where they may. And 
I love this for Kay. I love it. Because I for yeah. a moment, I thought that she was going to be like, you, you're right. I don't want that. But no, she was, but you know what? This has to be rock bottom, right? <laughs> like oh, yeah. hell has opened up in your house, literally. So Kay goes back in the house to try and help Miguel some more. She's like, I got to save Miguel. And so she runs back in the house and does nothing. Um, everybody's just looking up into this hell hole. And finally, Miguel like just falls through the hole, right? <laughs> I think uh, Father Lonigan says a prayer. He says a bunch of prayers. Uh, and yeah, Miguel- then Pilar is on her knees. Like they're all just trying to get yeah. everybody back. Yeah, every- not he, actually I think going in there. I think Father Lonigan told everybody we all need to pray. And so they all yeah. prayed. And Tabitha, by the way, has snuck into the house at this point and is just like hiding behind a random love seat. Nobody right. noticed. Yeah. That's how much fucking chaos is going on in this house, though. Nobody noticed. Father Lonigan did. And he was like, I don't know. I don't recognize your scent, basically, because she had, uh, Hecuba had masked her evil scent. Uh, and so they have a very brief conversation. But the funny part of this is, Father Lonigan tells everybody, we all need to pray, get down on your knees and pray to the Lord for help. And Pilar turns to Tabitha and says, Tabitha, pray with us. And Tabitha's <laughs> like, oh no, uh, my arthritis is acting up. I couldn't possibly kneel. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess she leaves. I, she ducks out of there because the next time we see Whatever, her, Tabitha. Of course, yeah. Tabitha's here, you know, why, yeah. why else wouldn't she be here? The crazy old lady. So they pray and Miguel falls through the, the hole, but he doesn't have a pulse. Reese checks his pulse. He's like, he's dead. Miguel is dead. And then these children, these children, not adults, <laughs> children are like, well, we took that CPR class at the hospital. Let's do CPR. Okay. All right. You know what? I get this, but why not start the chest compressions and call 911? Yeah. Who's calling 911? Who's getting help everywhere else? That's the first, like I said, I was CPR and first aid certified. It's you point to someone, tell them to call 911 and then you start working on them. Yeah. First things. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> why, why not call the, the EMT? Why not call yep. the ambulance? Why not I mean, Pilar's, oh, Pilar doesn't have a car and I'm sure Father Lonigan can't drive. He is blind. Because <laughs> I was about to say, Pilar could just drive him to the hospital, but um, she doesn't have a car. We know that is well established. So, mm -hmm. okay. But she's the mother. Call the call 911. You're the adult in the room, Pilar. Someone call 911. Someone. Somebody. Call some professionals to help with this situation. Um, but Miguel's dead and, and, uh, the kids decide to do the children decide to do CPR on him and he comes to, he wakes up and the very first, what's the first word out of his mouth? What do y'all think it is? Charity. <laughs> this boy is obsessed. I can't, I can't with him. I can't stand him. I can't stand charity, but I really cannot stand yeah. him either. The first, the first word out of his mouth is charity and then he he pops up like nothing and that's another thing why isn't he injured in any way you've uh, we've been told that the, the flames of hell are like absorbing them and swallowing them whole and like 
It's agonizing for them. He doesn't have a burn, a scratch. The only thing he does have is he's covered covered in what they call ectoplasm. They called it ectoplasm. ectoplasm. Yeah, it was baby oil. It was tinted baby oil. oil. Um, All of his muscles are still shining, all that stuff. It was... I was like, this is gross. <laughs> like, yes. He looks gross. But they called it ectoplasm. Uh, but he's fine. He jumps right up and he's like, I got to save Charity. And then he starts to run upstairs to run back into the flames of hell. After we did all this Charity. for you. Leave her. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I was so close. I had her. She was right there. I was so close. I got to go back to find her. And everybody's like, <laughs> we just got you out. Like, let's just yell into the flames and see if she can just grab the motherfucking rope herself. Like, girl, gla- grab Lucifer's ladder, Charity. We're doing what we can for you. Okay. Yeah. You know, They're I tell doing everything they can. I tell my students all the time. I can't do everything for you. I've done everything I can do. And if I were Miguel, I think that's where I would be. I've done everything I can do for you. You got to do for yourself at this point. Like, I'm not Mm -hmm. coming back to hell. Hell no. Absolutely not. I'm not not. going back to hell. Um, (laughs) So Orpheus decides to go back into the underworld. But uh, Hecuba closes off the door so he can't get back into the rooms luckily luckily you know for that's the that's what's best for him frankly yeah definitely absolutely um so he comes back down heck, heck you but heck you but saving the day on that one that's for sure and he comes back downstairs and father lonigan tells him you're focused on the wrong things you need to be focused on your love for charity. You need to be focused on trying to spiritually connect and then you will be, you'll be able to save her that way instead of trying to physically go and grab her. Um, So your love connection will make her stronger so that she can help herself basically. And so then he starts saying, Lord, please bring charity back to me. I love her so much. She loves me. She needs me. This prayer was weird, but it seems to work because then charity starts yelling out to Miguel because Miguel was like yelling into the void and hearing nothing back. And now we can hear charity again. And she's going, Miguel, Miguel, help me, (laughs) save me. Girl, grab the ladder. Yeah, grab the ladder, get out. Miguel's not in there. Just help yourself, like you said. I'm tired of her. She's just tired of her. She's just ruining everything, always. It's always about charity. And that's why I said, like, Pilar, there's no way that Pilar would have let that happen. Just she would have been like, I don't like her. And what Mexican mothers say, go. <laughs> you know, like, for Mexican children are terrified of their mothers. So the mm-hmm. fact that none of them are terrified of Pilar, that's that's definitely a red flag there. Well, she's and never home. She's never home for that them to be terrified. True. They're scared of, they're, <laughs> you know who they're scared of? It's Luis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're scared of Luis. But um, yeah, so Charity won't help herself. She's screaming, help me, Miguel, help me, Miguel, help me. Um, And so he keeps praying. Love will see us through kind of shit. Um, and then Hecuba's like, oh shit, they're gonna, they're going to succeed in getting Charity out. I need to call in reinforcements. And she, I wrote this one down. She <laughs> says, 
little bits of evil hear my spell wake from your slumber give miguel hell (laughs) (laughs) and then y'all 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 what the fuck then these tiny little gargoyles wake up but it looks like they were just laying down on the floor like they didn't like appear and materialize it looked it looked like they had been lying there on the floor for a while and then they like sleeping at the Bennett home and then they wake up and they start like shooting fire and there's oh it's such bad CGI yeah I don't even think it was so bad because I think normally when they do those kinds of things because the 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 gargoyles are like flying around and shooting fire at the kids and Father Lonigan and Pilar and they're all like swatting them away and trying to fight them but they're like missing them by a mile so (laughs) I think I feel like the direction in this scene was just act like you're fighting demons that are flying around you and we'll just put them in with CGI instead of here are like some poles for you to like swat at and that's where we're going to put the gargoyles right because they were missing (laughs) them by a full you know two and three feet yeah not even anywhere they weren't even swiping near where they were yeah it was bad it was so bad hilarious I was on the train watching it and I was (laughs) cracking up I'm sure the people on the on the subway anybody who noticed because a lot of these people these New York people are PhDs and minding (laughs) their own business but we like we mind our business over here but anybody who wasn't minding their business and saw me probably thought I was a crazy person and didn't want to sit next to me because I was cracking the fuck up because it it took me by surprise honestly it really did. Those gargoyles were so bad. Yeah, and the fact that, like, even the actors, I mean, you know, if this was real, then I'd be, like, picking up, like, a pillow. I'd be picking up other things to, to swat at it. Not my own hands. Oh, my gosh. I'd have I, a room. <laughs> I would leave the house. Yeah, just run out. Just leave. Yep, run just out the leave. door. Front door's right there. It's not locked. Mm-hmm. everybody's in yep. and out just go just leave it's that simple i i it's that simple Ugh. that simple but anyway they attack father lonigan uses his all his holy water he's got so much holy water this guy he uses holy water and he sprays it on the gargoyles and eventually they all turn to stone and crumble and fall and uh chair but by that time charity's been sucked back into hell like we don't know where she is anymore uh so oh actually i lied well you know what i'm gonna just pretend like i'm gonna just pretend like i didn't so then charity so then miguel starts to like pray that prayer about loving charity again and then Mm. she comes back bing bang boom uh and he tells her to get on the the ladder lucifer's ladder and she starts climbing it uh and that's basically the end except uh Hecuba decides oh you know what I'm gonna go and just cut the rope because they apparently had tied it to Charity's bed because that was another thing that was one of the things that I was like what the hell because they the last time I we saw the ladder Father Lonigan and Reese were like holding it because it was being pulled Mm -hmm. into hell right then they come downstairs but the ladder's still there so we find out they tied it to Charity's bed which you think that the bed would just have been pulled it like the bed couldn't possibly be right yeah like is it bolted to the wall like a hotel bed yeah you would think that i mean my bed 
it's on wheels. So right. <laughs> I wouldn't think that that bed could really hold up to a demon pulling out a ladder from hell. Yeah, my bed definitely is not that heavy. Uh, but Charity's bed, <laughs> Charity's bed apparently is made of cement and lead and it's probably so uncomfortable. <laughs> is that heavy? It was the, the bed was like built into the house. That's yeah. Yeah. So uh, Hecuba goes upstairs and starts to saw away, manually sawing at this rope. <laughs> Why can't she use her magic to zap it? Yeah, exactly. Just a little zip zap and then it's burning. It's done. I, I just, I don't understand. So she's like sawing away, like in a cartoon, like it was, it was like Acme Corporation. Like you remember those boxes yes. from Looney Tunes? <laughs> it was very, ah, I've got the, the special tool. And she starts like sawing away and she, and she's getting absolutely nowhere on it. Nowhere at all. So that's where we leave it with magic this week. It was a long one. I've been talking for a long time. I'm sorry, y'all, but the show is what it is and it was a lot this week actually it was really a lot it was a so, lot yeah so we're gonna take a break well actually before we take a break do you have anything to add about magic i mean i did love uh when timmy sort of gave the offhanded uh diss to the show creators he said oh look at these effects so spielberg couldn't do better like was that <laughs> I, I would love to know if that was improv or if that was in the script or yeah. anything. Because yeah. I feel like, because I love the Timmy, Tabitha dynamic. I really do feel like they play off each other so well that I would just be fooling around the whole time if I was them. Be like, okay, what's our storyline? Okay, let's just have fun. Oh, for sure. Know, right for sure. A script. What script? We don't use a script. Yeah, what script? <laughs> Like, there's no script here. Yeah. It's just, oh, okay, we're just going to jump on this thing. We're going to steal a bunch of books. Oh, cool, perfect. Yeah, it's just <laughs> us making magic. So we're going to take a quick break. And I'm going to say uh, thank you to all of the patrons over on the Patreon. Thank you to Munashe, Marcus, Erica, Breland, Lisa, Zach, Sid, Serana, Dustin, Heather, Randall, Ashley, Shannon, Hannah, Camelia, Monique, Samantha, Amy, Jeanette, Eric, Jamie, Fantasia, and our newest patron, Sean. Thank you all so, 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 so much. You help me tremendously I, I honestly cannot tell you how helpful it is to have people who are who care about the show and want to see it continue and help um basically honestly basically help produce this show because it would not I don't know that it would still be getting done without the patrons so thank you all so very much and if you also would like to become a patriot if you also a patriot <laughs> If you also would like to become a patron, you can just go on over to patreon.com slash passions podcast and sign up, sign up for any tier that you find agreeable. All right. So moving on, Lauren, before we go on, is there anything that you would like to uh, tell the people where they can find you, where they can find your book, what your book's about? I have it here, everybody. Uh, Lauren was very nice to send me the nicest. Thank you so much. The nicest. Um gift package with her book and some Mardi Gras beads and a, a candle that I love. So thank you for that, by the way. Uh, so take it away. 
So, yeah, my book is called Love and Mardi Gras. You can get it where all books are sold. And, uh, you know, instead of witches and things, there's some voodoo in there. Um, I always like to say that uh, Teresa was the first astrology girl. Because that's really big, especially in L.A. and where I'm at right now. So there's a kind of astrology girl vibes in there. But, um, yeah, uh, it's just... Uh, a story about a girl who goes to New Orleans on a whim last minute trip. She's heartbroken and she ends up attending Mardi Gras and just the people that she meets and the things that she encounters uh, really kind of snaps her out of her heartbreak. And it's a very fun ride. And especially if you've been to New Orleans or Mardi Gras, if you love to travel, it's a, sort of a, a travel diary in a way it's um loosely based on all of my trips it's complete fiction <laughs> but it's like I've been to New Orleans and Mardi Gras multiple times I have family and friends there so you know I I just had COVID all the all the time in the world during COVID to write it and I got connected with the publisher and here we are. Now you can buy it where all books are sold. I love and, it. I'm, um, <laughs> I've been reading it. I just start, I just started it, um, uh, yesterday. Uh, so I'm just on like chapter four, but it is an easy read everybody. Cause listen, yes. that's good for me. Cause I need an easy read and it, <laughs> it, it reads very well. It, and I'm, I'm liking it so far. I see where it's going. I'm like, okay. All right. All right. Yes, it's an easy read. It's for the beach. It's for the pool. It's for the plane. Yeah. I wanted it to be able to fit into your purse. And so, yeah, if you have any questions directly to me, feel free to connect with me on Instagram. It's my direct Instagram is at Lauren EP. Uh, my bookstagram for all my other book nerds. It's Love and Mardi Gras. And I just started a Substack. Um, my manager told me that I need to do that. It's, I'm not, I'm not taking, um, payments for it yet. So mm -hmm. if you just want to start following and I don't think I will, especially for, uh, regular things, but I have a couple of other projects in the work, including the sequel, because people are kind of begging me, like, nice. well, what happened? What's going to happen next? So I'm trying to think of the sequel. So I'll probably uh, maybe um, ask for paid subscribers for inside information for that. Um, but for now, if you're on Substack, I'm at Author Lauren and TikTok at Lauren Author. Usually any combination like that, you'll find me. And um, I made a NFT for the book that's available on OpenSea. So if you're into that, if any of the uh, passions people are into that you can check out the nfc on OpenSea or reach out to me for any questions awesome. i'm always available all right and i will link as much of that as i can in the description for you so y'all can check the description of this episode to find lauren's book and find her social media pages all right so with that we're gonna move on to Teresa, basically, Teresa and Ethan, the, the, the next half of this show is about Teresa and Ethan, basically, everybody. Uh, yes. It's a lot. <laughs> I'm going to try to get through. I'm going to try to get this under, bring this in under two hours. But man, we are already at an hour. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, I talk too much. I don't know how to, I don't know how to edit myself. 
and that's crazy. Actually, that's I skipped fine. over a lot. I actually skipped over a lot in magic. <laughs> and that I was like, nope, got to move on. Don't do, you do not have the time to go off on this tangent. So I'm going to try, <laughs> I'm going to try and keep this under two hours. So uh, let's, let's start actually with Shuey's, but Teresa and Ethan kind of get woven into this really quick, very quickly. Mm -hmm. So we, we open and Sheridan and Luis are cuddling, canoodling as they do on Sheridan's couch. And Sheridan is just kind of musing about, oh, poor Ethan, it's going to be so hard for him. It's got to be so hard for him now that he's not going to be a crane. He's so used to having money. He's so used to having a certain lifestyle. And every time she says one of these things, like the first thing was too bad that, you know, poor Ethan, that he doesn't get to be a crane anymore. And Luis is like, that's probably for the best for him, honestly. And he, you know, yeah. and she's like, yeah, but he's, he grew up in a certain lifestyle and he's always had a lot of money. And now she, she says, and this was offensive. She says, now he's going to have to live the life of a poor person. <laughs> yes. This man has an oh Ivy League God. degree. This man went to fucking Harvard or or Yale or something. He has an, he has a uh, Harvard law degree, basically. And she's like, he's going to have poor. to live the life of a poor person. Spoken like a true billionaire. The, the lawyers are the <laughs> poor people of the of the U.S. to them. You know, what are exactly, what are we? Yeah. What are those of us who live below <laughs> the poverty line considered? Not even people. They think of us as animals. <laughs> Sheridan, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and she was <laughs> so like pathetic about like sympathetic about it it was so like giving him so much sympathy oh he's gonna have to be poor now <laughs> girl so no, are no. You. <laughs> it's like it's like when I, when I when I said that I would you know when I told some friends that I was writing a book and I you know got connected to a publisher they were like Oh, I'm like, okay, well, that's not the end of the world. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Well, that's great. Why wouldn't they, why would they have, have any kind of like sympathy about that? I, they should be like, that's amazing. Most of them were, but you know, like writers, you don't really make a lot of money off your stuff, at least at first. So it's cause for concern, but I mean, Ethan, yeah, he's a lawyer. Yeah, Harvard. not only not only is he a lawyer, he he has the kinds of connections that most people could only ever dream about. So unless unless Alistair and um, Julian purposefully make things hard for him, he will be fine. But even then, like I mean, and that's kind of where where I wish that Ethan annoys me, but. Like, why can't he act like a lawyer? Because every lawyer that I know would have just been problem solving, like, oh, like, I got this. Like, ooh, wow, you know, Tupac mode. Just, I fuck your click and the click you claim. Like, I'm going to get mine. Like, I, <laughs> I was hard for it. Or, like, he would be, like, calling the office of Harvard or calling his classmates, getting, like, help he would be advising his mother like he wouldn't be just like I'm poor yeah I'm just an attorney that's such <laughs> that is such a good point that because the way Ethan took this news which listen 
for to in his defense, it is big news. I don't know that I yeah. will be able to keep it together, compose myself if I found out that my father was not actually my father and my real father was somebody that I actually hated. I I just feel like I would need a little bit of time to adjust. But yeah, it is interesting that once he did get past like cuz he like last week he was on some other like emo- very emotional th- throwing a tantrum kind of shit which again right i get it you're going through something <laughs> but now he seems to have like worked through that and it seems mm-hmm. and you should be in the problem solving stage now right like you should be saying okay yeah. let me see who can i call i need to get a job i need to do these things but he's like worried about a wedding <laughs> yeah that needs to be the last i'd be like okay i can get married next year uh this year i just need to focus on I am who I want to be and I mean it's yeah um he's not a crane but my friends who have had some baby daddy issues like I'm pretty sure Julian would have signed the birth certificate um there's trust funds connected to his social security number it's not just I'm not a crane I'm out like he still has stuff and He's a Winthrop. Like, I'd be like, I'm a mother at the Winthrop. Like, That's what I'm gra- saying. My, my grandpa was a governor. Like, I still got stuff. I'm not poor. That's what I said, too. It's like, you, Ivy does not come from poor people. Like, <laughs> Ivy does not come from poor people. So you're not, he doesn't have to be poor. He, and he, he kept saying he doesn't have a name. And it's like, yeah, you could, you, you have, you could choose three names, actually. You could continue being a crane because, literally it's on your birth certificate and there's not a fucking thing anybody can do about it like they can't they can't petition the court to make you change your last name so you could still be ethan crane if you wanted to you could change your name to winthrop or you could change it to bennett you have three names to change to three decent names but anyway he Bennett's still a bennett's still a prominent name in harmony like yeah. he's the chief of police that's not a bad thing to have yeah and everybody keeps telling him how great sam is I mean, yeah. <laughs> he won't, but he won't listen because he's an idiot. No. Ethan is an idiot. He's um, still a crane. He's a crane. He is a crane at heart. I mean, he really is. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, she Sheridan. <laughs> Sheridan's talking about how it must be so <laughs> awful to, to be a poor person. And Louise is like, you mean like me? <laughs> <laughs> listen. He was like, you mean like the lifestyle you're going to have to have if you marry a police officer? <laughs> and she was like, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. I'm sorry. And he just like gets up and walks away. And to be honest, I would have needed a moment too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, my gosh. Like, you just dragged me. I Like, you didn't do it on purpose, but you just kind of dragged me, bitch. <laughs> like... Oh my gosh. So she then So tell uh, me how you really think about me. That's right. So she then goes to apologize to him and she says, You didn't understand what I was trying to say. Like I um I wait, actually, am I in the right place? Yes. Okay. So uh he's sorry. He says, um, after she apologizes, 
he tries to just kind of pretend like it didn't happen. He's like, let's not even talk about it. Well, let's, let's go get some lobster rolls. And she's like at 9am, <laughs> which I could go for lobster rolls any time of the day. Personally, I love oh, yeah. lobster rolls and y'all it is lo- it's starting to be lobster roll season here on the East Ooh. coast. <laughs> I am so excited. Any longtime listeners will know how much I love lobster rolls. Uh, <laughs> and I'm very excited because it's lobster roll season. Anyway, uh, he says, let's go get some lobster rolls at 9 a.m. Uh, I mean, a dream man. My dream man wants me to get wants to go get lobster rolls in the morning. Yes, please. Um, I will say, though, ever since, I mean, maybe this is why I still love it, is the actor who plays Luis, the Galen Gehring, mm-hmm. he's like my wheelhouse, just like tall, darker features, handsome, all that stuff. So yeah, oh, if a, he is if a my- guy that looked like him asked me to go anywhere, I'm going. He is my bias. Like that is my aesthetic. Like you, he is everything. He is fine. Oh, he is fine. fine. Totally. Damn, he is fine. Ooh. <laughs> mm. But that let's let's move on <laughs> we'll move on but yes if he asked me to go get anything I would be like yeah let's go get that peanut butter sandwich at 90 you know yeah let's go sure mm-hmm. Any, um, anywhere with you but not only is it with him it's lobster lobster rolls at that butter mm-hmm. lobster bread you can't go wrong so good so oh yeah good. um <laughs> I'm so hungry I haven't eaten dinner yet oh no <laughs> I don't know if it shows, uh, but uh, he doesn't want to talk about it. He's like, let's just go get lobster rolls and not talk about this. And she's like, no, we need to talk about it. I want to talk through it. And Luis is like, you know, you know what? You're right. Let's let's talk it out. And he says, you and Ethan both have had money your whole life and never had a second thought about it. And, um, you know, I can't give you that kind of life, basically. And Sheridan... Sheridan kind of interrupts and says, well, at least Ethan is a lawyer. He can get a job. I've never had a job in my life. But y'all, Sheridan speaks French and can fly a plane. She could get a job. Like, she could be a pilot. She has her pilot's license. She could get a job. I, oh, yeah. I, I refuse to believe that Sheridan couldn't get a job. She could. Um, but she says, And then, I mean, it's not like Sheridan doesn't have, like, a literal trust fund that just will bankroll her forever. Anyway, well, regardless of who she marries, I think I think we're working under the assumption that anytime anybody goes against Alistair, he will cut them off financially. That's that's what they kind of have have uh, the the groundwork that was laid in these episodes where where Ivy is basically destitute, going to be destitute. Um, and so and Sheridan talks as if she would be, too without the crane money you know what I mean so I mm-hmm. feel like I agree with you she should have a trust fund but look at how look at how Alistair just cut Ethan off immediately like he hung up in his face when Ethan just wanted to <laughs> say goodbye so I don't think and Alistair actually first of all Alistair in the very first episodes was talking about killing Sheridan like he does he has no qualms <laughs> about murdering his daughter so I think he would be okay with like canceling her trust fund or whatever the He's fuck like do what he has to do Get her yeah. getting her out yeah doing whatever he has to do to like s- stick it to her and screw her any way he can um so i i think we work under the assumption that you're gonna lose everything when you go against the family basically that's where i'm at with it can't, anyway can't go against the family no one goes against the family never go against the family <laughs> Mm-mm. so 
Uh, so Sharon says, at least Ethan's a lawyer, but I've never had a job in my life and I have no practical skills. I never, I've never even grocery shopped. Huh? <laughs> Why are they making her like this? Why did they write this like this? Um, she bought flowers every day to take the, the, the princess Diana's grave. So she's yep. done something. That's a deep cut. And yes, she did. <laughs> so yes, she's <laughs> gone to shops. She knows how to shop. Like grocery shopping isn't that different from shoe shopping you know yeah, exactly you buy the thing you pick the things you want and you buy them yeah. I, whatever it, like anyway she says she has she has no practical skills like uh like the other women in his life beth owns her own business and pilar makes everything she touches beautiful okay but <laughs> um but she doesn't know how to do any of those things and then Luis starts talking about yeah you know every dime of my check is accounted for before I ever even see it um because I have bills to pay and my family still depends on me to pay the help pay the bills and he says there's no way I could ever give you the life that you're used to and it's so obvious that we just need to face facts things are only going to get tougher from here with time. And he says, I respect your honesty about how much you depend on the crane fortune. <laughs> and then she goes, are you breaking up with me? Basically, she's like, are you ending our relationship? And he says, he takes a double take. He's like, me? I thought you were. <laughs> I, loved, I loved this because this is a conversation that these two have kind of had in the past and it has not gone in this direction. They've grown so much and I love yeah, it. They really have. Yeah. From being enemies and hating each other to actually falling in love and talking about kind of real things that matter in their world. And I mean, money does matter in, in real life for relationships. I mean, not on the crane level, but that's like the number one causes of fights and divorce so yeah. it's definitely something to consider it's an important thing to talk about in any relationship that's like co a committed relationship it is it's, an, mm -hmm. it's important to be on the same page about your finances in general so you know it's good that they're having this talk it's very mature of them beyond because basically up until now once they got together it's basically just been like i love you i love you too yeah i'm never gonna leave you we're never gonna break us up no one's ever gonna break us apart <laughs> and now they're having like a, a real conversation that people in their situation would truly have to have you know the, yeah the love bubble is slowly deflating just yeah <laughs> yeah but it's gonna inflate a little bit again because he, he's like no I don't want to break up with you and she's like I don't want to break up with you either you're the best thing that ever happened to me I love you I love you I love you they make out some uh together for a little bit and then uh uh Luis says you know <laughs> I'm I guess I'm turning into my sister <laughs> he was like I guess I'm, <laughs> my sister's been rubbing off on me because she always says <laughs> that love basically love conquers all and if two people love each other enough they can overcome any obstacle and that's how I feel right now about you Sheridan so uh yeah that that that's where they are and then they talk about Ethan and Teresa and Luis says he's worried about Ethan marrying Teresa not because he's a crane anymore but because he's worried that he won't be able to give Teresa the kind of life that he feels that his sister deserves so we're gonna we're gonna skip ahead and uh 
talk about Ethan and Teresa. Teresa, um, Teresa has decided she has to give back these ugly pearls. Like, I wouldn't have accepted them in the first place. They were hideous. Yeah, actually, yes, I would have because they were, they're super expensive. I just would never have worn them. Um, but she decides she has to give them back because they belong to the cranes. So she goes to the mansion without Ethan, without telling Ethan that that's where she's going. And that's what she's doing to give these pearls back to, uh, Julian goes over there, does that. And Ethan comes in while all of that is happening. So I'm going to very quickly get to that part of my notes sorry everything's in in kind of disarray this week because it was just kind of all over the place Ethan and Teresa were back and forth a lot oh yes one minute he's complaining about being too poor to love her and then she's like oh I have my ring this is the only thing in the world that I need yeah. And then the next, she's like emptying out her bank account to provide for him. <laughs> yes, child. So that's like it's like Tinder swindler stuff right there. I'm just gonna give mm-hmm. you all my money. Oh my gosh! I haven't watched the Tinder swindler, but I'm going to. Like it's on my list. I heard it's so good. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I just there's parts of it that I'm like how did these girls fall for this? But I mean. I could, Teresa would have 100%. <laughs> Listen, you know, I, I like to think that I, I couldn't be scammed by a man. You know what I mean? I like to think that about myself, but I feel like you don't, well, personally, I don't have the money. Nobody's going to target me. Like, I don't have money to give you. Like, even if, even if I wanted to, I couldn't, I don't have the money, but you know, I, I always think, I think these girls, sometimes people get into situations and they don't see it until afterwards, right? Like you don't see how like crazy it was. My ex-boyfriend still owes me $350 right now. And I gave that money to him well after we had broken up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just like things where where you like, when you care about a person, because I still like love him and care about him. We just are not good together. You right. know, you, you do things. So I, I feel like, you know, you, I could be emotionally manipulated into some things that I maybe didn't want to do. I could see it. I could see <laughs> myself doing it. I, not giving anybody $35,000 or anything like, like crazy sums of money. Yeah. Not, and that's not even just because I don't have it. That's because that's a crazy amount of money to ask somebody for. Yeah. Like, and certainly not emptying out my bank account for my, you know, fiance who's wearing all designer clothes he could easily sell every item in his closet all of his watches I mean how many Rolexes does Ethan have just sell it well and not only that what not only that why do you have to give him the cash why can't y'all just have a bank why can't you just like add him to the bank account exactly they're gonna get married you're gonna cash you're gonna close out your account close (laughs) out your account and you know what this is this week, one of the one of my biggest takeaways from this these episodes was about women and financial independence. Because right. Ivy is finding herself in a situation where she is not protected financially. Um, Sheridan is also going to find her is finding herself in a situation where she is not protected financially. She doesn't have anything right mm-hmm. that is hers, and. Uh, it's because they let these men control their finances and 
did not maintain their own independence. So the fact that Teresa in these episodes is now kind of handing her financial independence over to, to Ethan, I don't know if the writers meant to do that where, where I'm <laughs> making those connections, but I'm making those connections. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, Teresa, yeah. girl, no, learn from, learn from Ivy's mistakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ivy has yeah, made a huge mistake. I mean, how the fuck do you marry a billionaire and you do not squirrel away money? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got your own stuff. You get your own little side accounts going on. Just a little separate, just a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yes, I'm skimming cash. I'm skimming cash constantly. If I'm married to a mil a millionaire, a billionaire, I'm I am, especially to one that I don't like and I'm not in love uh -huh. with and doesn't love me. I'm taking as much money as I can. I'm I'm buying a little property, little side house somewhere in my you know, motherfucking in name. Case. You're not gonna be mm -hmm. able to get your hands on my stuff. No exactly but ivy yeah. and it's crazy because ivy's so smart but she just thought she would be mrs crane forever i you know whatever um but anyway <laughs> uh teresa gives back the jewels we we've gone off on a tangent but that's okay teresa gives back the jewels uh to julian ethan overhears it comes in and apologizes to teresa that she had to do that and um that he uh feels so bad Ivy tells her she didn't even need to do it. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I would have because I I I get why she did it. Like like she said, it's a they're crane heirlooms. Like you're not okay. You, oh yeah, I forgot it was the heirloom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, like if it was just random heirloom, pieces yeah. of jewelry, it'd be a different thing. But they are they've said they were crane heirlooms, and you you have talked about that, and and, and you have made the decision that mm -hmm. you are no longer going to be a crane or and accept anything from a crane. And we are simpatico. Like we are in mm -hmm. um, this union together, we're in this thing together. So she takes, she gave them back. So I get that. Um, then Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca with her cache Chico dresses. Yes, she looks so bad. Oh my God. But she's a beautiful woman. Don't get me wrong. She looks gorgeous. Yeah. But they put her in, the, they make her look as cheap as possible. It has to be, it has mm -hmm. to be on purpose that they make oh, her yeah. look so cheap. Because <laughs> uh, she looks so cheap. Like, you know how uh, Fran Drescher used to dress in The Nanny? Yes. It's like that to me, except tackier. <laughs> it's Definitely tacky. So, she's the queen of the gold diggers. She's the queen of the mean. So Rebecca <laughs> is whispering in Julian's ear while, while all of this is going on. Because Ethan is now apologizing to Teresa. Julian says to Rebecca, whatever the girl is, it doesn't seem that she's a gold digger. And Rebecca says to him, well, there's one way to find out. You should test her and ask for her engagement ring back. <laughs> And that's going to prove that she's not a gold digger. How, how is that the, how, how are we still at she's a gold digger when Ethan has been disinherited entirely. Mm -hmm. She's given back the jewels. She's told this man, she loves him for who he is. She doesn't care if he's a crane or not. Why are y'all even still having this conversation with her, with this, with each other about her being a gold digger, you know? Yeah, because. Yeah, because because Re Rebecca, she's the ultimate gold digger. So then she assumes all other women are exactly like her. She's projecting for sure. <sighs> Definitely projecting. For she's sure. projecting. <laughs> so 
Julian, at first, Julian's like, mm, no, I don't really want to do that. You know, he says, I don't have anything against Ethan. You know, it's his, he didn't know anything about what was going on. Julian shows a little humanity. Uh, Rebecca is the worst thing for him. He's going, oh, yeah. he, he is uh, giving into his baser instincts and then beyond because his instinct was to let him keep the ring you know yeah but Rebecca pushes him to take it back saying well that ring costs more than her mother makes in a in an entire year which by the way y'all should be paying Pilar more because it was not that nice of a ring I can't imagine it I can't imagine it costs more than 30 grand I hope, I hope, it, I, I, uh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope so that it's a lot more. this woman's been working for you for 20 something years and you don't pay her any more than $30,000 a year. You know, they say sometimes the rich ones are the cheap ones. Pilar needs to quit her job. I've been saying that mm-hmm. though. Quit your oh, job. Yeah. There's got to be other places to work in this town. There's um, a lot of other rich, rich families. And jobs where- definitely treat her better. Jobs where you can clock in and clock out, right? Like exactly. she spent so much of her time at the Crane Mansion. It's ridiculous. She had, didn't even see her kids grow up, basically. <laughs> but uh, Rebecca convinces him to take the ring back. So he goes over and tells her, "Oh, because it the money that it was that was it was bought with is Crane money. Ethan oh, didn't yes, buy it money. with his money." So he goes over. He asks for the. He says, uh, "Teresa, I'm glad to hear that you." Uh, don't need anything, any material possessions, because I'm going to have to ask for your engagement ring back. And this is after she is looking at it and saying, this is the most beautiful thing. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I don't need anything except for my engagement ring. She says that then she's like, because it's just a, it's a symbol of your love to me. And that's when Julian comes over. That's well when Rebecca gets the idea to take back the ring. And then Julian comes over and asks for the ring. Teresa understandably gets pretty upset. So does Ethan, who says, no, you cannot get the, take the ring back from her. Like, I bought that. And Julian says, how? And he says, well, I charged it. Oh, Ethan's so dumb. He's so stupid. I, oh, my. So, okay. I have a theory. And if you know, God ever answers my prayers so that I can meet Dan Levy and the creators of Shit's Creek. Have you watched that? You oh, watched? hell yeah. Yeah, it's like the, I, I charged it on my card. Like, <laughs> where's it from? Paris. Oh, I wrote it off. Of what? <laughs> this off? Why are we talking about this? I, it's a write-off. I wrote it off. It's a write-off. And he was like, I mean, just like Sheridan's totally like Alexis. Like, oh, the FBI knew where I was the entire time. And, yeah. Oh, I've, 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 you know, been six hours in a, a trunk of a car getting on the border, getting through the border of Thailand. I know how to be quiet. Oh my <laughs> God. They are absolutely the roses. <laughs> they are absolutely the roses. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Sheridan being kidnapped from a cartel and all the stuff same thing with Alexis she's like oh it's like we ran away from boarding school and I partied for the cartel in Hong Kong listen now that I'm never gonna unsee that now I'm never gonna yes. unsee it I'm never gonna and unsee all roads it lead back to Schitt's Creek in my Schitt's, life Schitt's Creek is such a good show I actually was thinking about restarting it 
because <laughs> I only watched it one time all the way through. I think it's time to watch it all the way through again because it's one. I think it's one see. of those shows that has oh, like yeah. great rewatch value, you know. And then so, you'll see the similarities between. I, listen, I'm already seeing it. I'm already seeing now. <laughs> now that you pointed it out to me, I can't unsee it at all. Exactly. Um, I charged it my credit card. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I charged it to what? <laughs> He's like to the Crane family account. And uh, so as I think as the words were coming out of his mouth, he was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh, I can see where you're going with that now. But again, and, okay, so back, back to Ethan being a lawyer. So wait, he never worked for the family at all? He did. He worked. He, so he no longer, they say this in these episodes, like they in passing, he was yeah. working apparently at the Crane Law Firm. It was before it was that he was working as a lawyer for Crane Industries, but I'm not going to harp on that. He was <laughs> apparently the Cranes have a whole ass law firm. Why can't I say firm? <laughs> <laughs> they have a whole ass law firm, and uh, he was working there, but he has now resigned his job because he's no longer a Crane, which I kind of get. He's still. He's still with making his own money, though, a little bit. Didn't save any of that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, did they not give him a check? Did he not get a salary? I'm confused. I'm very confused. Why doesn't he have any money at all? Yeah, he's not a good lawyer. If I was like, uh, if he was one of my attorneys, I'd, you know, fire him. Be like, all right, I need, you're not going to fight for me or anything. You're going to give me a jail. So bring me Elle Woods or somebody that's yeah. very quick. <laughs> He doesn't have any money at all is no. what, what gets established, which is what gets established in these episodes, which is not where I was with this. I was like, surely he has some money as a job. Like I have, I have more money than he has in the bank. Crazy. I He's know, a lawyer. Crazy. Yep. So <laughs> I can't, I won't get over it. But anyway, Teresa agrees to take off the ring, gives it back. She cries. Uh, and then she immediately just bolts out of the house without saying a fucking word <laughs> and uh then ethan runs after her a little bit but stops short at the door and julian comes back uh, comes up to him and says you know even though you're not my son i still care about you and maybe it's for the best that she ran off and left you and abandoned you the minute that she found out that you were penniless that's this is the this is the narrative that they're spinning now that the minute he she found out he was penniless that she ran off. But that's not true. She already no. knew. She already knew mm -hmm. she came back to give you the 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 necklace. Yeah, it's she was, crazy she was to me. Giving the things back, knowing it's she crazy okay to me. It. The mental acrobatics these people did. To, yeah. to get to a place where they're like, oh, well, Teresa's a gold digger because she just she found out you're penniless and she ran off, even though she found out that a, a, a day ago. This yeah, is not yeah. new she's information to her. So, but even um, then, she's known about it even longer than that because she's the one that had the paperwork. Yes, correct. So then they start to kind of sow these little seeds of doubt in his head, saying, you know, Teresa's maybe she really... Gwen pipes up. Uh, oh, fucking Gwen. I can't stand Gwen. Gwen pipes well, up I and mean, is like... So why does she still want him if he's not a crane and poor then? My, just, my theory just so, is... For the win theory or... 
My theory is she just doesn't want Teresa to to have him. She Ah. doesn't want Ethan. She doesn't want Ethan. She doesn't love Ethan. Ethan has hurt her tremendously. She and and honestly, she's she has hurt him a lot. Like if you really loved a person, you would not have agreed to have this information uh, sent out into the world the way that it was. Like if you loved him, if you loved him, and I think I've probably said this before, and y'all probably think I'm a broken record, but if you loved him. When you found out that those documents were on Teresa's computer, you would have immediately just showed them to him. Simple. Look at what Teresa is hiding from you. Exactly. I'm still the winner. Exactly. But that's not what she did. And like, like I said, if she loved him, she would not have put him through this kind of hurt and pain. And then she keeps looking at him like, Ethan's in so much pain. I will respect Gwen more if she would just say, I'm doing this for revenge. I would, I would really respect it. I really would because it would, it would at least make sense. Like it would, I would, I would understand the why I would understand like, oh, well, he broke up with me the night before our wedding because he had been cheating on me this entire time with my maid of honor. I would understand (laughs) you wanting to ruin his life. Oh yeah. I mean, I would too. <laughs> I would I would probably be on her side, but because yeah. she's doing this whole rigmarole, this whole bullshit about, I care about Ethan. I love Ethan. Bitch, you do not care about Ethan. No. You do no, not love Ethan. Not. You hate Teresa. Those are not mm-hmm. the two. Those things are not the same. No. Um, so she pipes up and says, you know, Ethan, maybe Teresa, all she ever wanted was the crane lifestyle and uh Rebecca says some some things along those lines as well. Julian says, you know, you may not be a crane anymore, but you are a Harvard or an Ivy League grad, a lawyer. You could have a perfectly respectable lifestyle if you didn't marry a house servant. Those were his words, Ew. not mine. Disgusting. Yep. Disgusting. And I was pissed because I was waiting on Ethan to say something to these motherfucking people. These people have I been know. awful to you. They've been awful to you. Why would you listen to them? you know what at this point there's so much to go over that we're not going to get to so now it's time to just rant through a lot of this shit that happened um so ethan i'm waiting on him to pipe up at some point and stand up for Teresa and say something while they're saying all of these like the minute one of these three people said something to me about Teresa, like ivy you know actually ivy is included in this even though she's on their side if ivy had been saying these things because it's especially ivy actually at this point with the bullshit that she just pulled but um if any of these people in this house had anything bad to say about Teresa to me ethan the one person in this room who has not turned their back on me has not done anything um underhanded to me because he knows that Rebecca set him up him and Teresa up at that engagement party the first one at at his first engagement party (laughs) (laughs) he knows that Rebecca was the person who lied to Teresa who sent Teresa tried to send Teresa to Australia he he knows these things he knows that Julian like literally turned his back on him when he found out that he was no longer a crane he knows these things about these people so why would you listen to them for even a second even a Mm second I was so pissed that he was even entertaining any of this he finally says no 
Teresa is the woman I love and she will never do any of the, any of the things that you are saying. And I believe her. I'm going to go out and find the woman that I love. And as he's leaving, Teresa bippity boppity boos herself back in. She's yeah. pop, just pops right back in with a smile on her face. Yeah. And, and then, everybody's and, like, and all the cash, all of her money, just like, oh, I hear him back. Like nothing happened. Like you didn't just awkwardly run out of yeah. the house without saying, be right back exactly like girl just say i'll be right back that's all it takes yeah. that's all it takes just like just like when i text a man who i'm supposed that like we're supposed to be talking and then you like don't text me back for two days and then you text me back and you're like or i text you again and you're like oh i was busy you could have said that yeah so it's easy so i'm easy. busy so easy she could have said i i'll be right back she didn't say that i'll be right she back just, she just ran out in tears Dramatic. like she was crying yeah so she oh, yeah. she bops right back in smiling beaming um the the peanut gallery these three this trio <laughs> of uh horrible people yeah they basically accuse her of being a gold digger even though she has come right back in they're like we see how I, you we see how you abandoned yeah. Ethan for twenty minutes. What and it's it's hard. I mean, and then the fact that like she comes in and it's all like oh like nothing happened. I mean, I dated a guy who his mom and sister clearly didn't like me, and there was like a family party or whatever that I was not under the I was not told that I was supposed to help set up. So I show up late, and then clearly I walk in and they were clearly talking about me because the tension in the room the minute that I walked in was so palatable that like I almost just left but you know I had to be there for the party and okay Ethan's not a crane he's got other stuff going on she'd just be like okay I'm leaving um just I'll see you at home or wherever so if you don't have a home I'll just just come to my house (laughs) and we'll talk it out right I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be here while they're talking about me like this yeah, talking mad <laughs> shit about her. But yeah. Teresa makes but Teresa makes the most beautiful play, which she always does. You know, I I can't I need to stop uh underestimating Teresa because she always makes the right well, she doesn't always make the right choice, but she <laughs> but she always makes like an interesting choice and makes a move that makes people like shut up, you know? And so they're like accusing her of like abandoning, abandoning him the minute she found out that he was penniless. And she's like, is that what you thought was going on? And she laughs. <laughs> and uh, she says, no, I left because I wanted to get to the bank before it closed. I, the minute I found out that Ethan didn't have any money of his own, I knew exactly what I needed to do. So I went to the bank. And I closed out my savings and I'm giving you all of my savings, which I don't know how much money is in there, but it wasn't like a lot because they said it was probably enough for maybe two months of rent. So, and what's rent in harmony? $400. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So it's probably like $800. It's probably not even a thousand dollars, but she also is a teenager. This is like her, this was, this was like her summer job money. <laughs> that money she earned at the burger hut that one day before she burned it down. So, <laughs> so she hands Ethan this, and this is a, this is truly a beautiful gesture. I was really, I was like, wow, Teresa, this is, you're so smart. She's just so, 
she does the right thing and she and it was genuine it yeah. wasn't a play it was very no, genuine. yeah she genuinely uh -huh. was like I can't say anything to you I gotta go and come back with money for you and she did that and she came back she hands him the, mm -hmm. the 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 envelope he's like wow you knock me out and <laughs> uh you know at first he's like he says I can't take your money and she says it's not my money anymore it's, it's our money, money. <laughs> if that's the case leave it in the bank exactly just add his name onto it he doesn't have his own bank account so you're gonna need to set one up <laughs> how pathetic how pathetic to be a grown man with no bank account exactly mm -hmm. how pathetic so, so it's a child just that's child. walking just walking around with a wad of cash a teenage girl gave to you <laughs> as a 25 year old lawyer as yeah, a twin exactly. <laughs> you've made some poor choices in your life in my opinion but anyway uh he's he loves this and then they decide to leave they're like okay we gotta go we gotta go over to sheridan and Luis's cottage and tell them the good news i don't know they go over there and then at the cottage Luis tells uh sorry no at the cottage Ethan tells every tells Sheridan and Louise about this grand gesture that Teresa made. And uh, he says, and the only thing, the only issue I have now is that I want to make a grand gesture as well to show you that I want to be with you for the rest of your, my life. Like, what <laughs> can I do for you? And of course, Teresa says, of course, Teresa says, well, you could marry me right away. Like we could get married immediately and he's like okay i mean at this point why the hell not yeah why not everything Luis, else is, is garbage just just add to it louise has an answer for me though why not here's why not he says to <laughs> ethan, and this was actually really fantastic he says to ethan you know i'm against you all getting married right now I don't, I don't think mm -hmm. it's not that I'm against your relationship, but you don't have any money. Mm -hmm. You don't have a job. You don't have anywhere to live. You don't even have a car. What kind of life can you give my sister? And I, you know what? I'm hearing him. I'm yeah. hearing Luis. Give it six months. Yeah. Get yourself together. Mm -hmm. You're, you yeah, haven't gotten it. yourself yeah. together. But of course, Teresa's like, well, you know, lots of young couples struggle. Yeah, but no. lots of young couples have jobs already. He doesn't have a yeah. job. <laughs> no job, no car to get to a job interview. So That's, he's got a lot more important things. I mean, the bare minimum. Right. Uh, Ethan seems to hear Luis. He's like, you know what, Luis, I, I actually hear what you're saying and you are absolutely right. So Teresa takes this to mean that he doesn't want to get married at all. <laughs> she just, she just has no like regulatory system in her. It's, no, either, no. it's either all or nothing. There's no like middle ground with this girl. And she's like, so this, does this mean you don't want to marry me? He's like, no, I do want to marry you. And actually I want to marry you as soon as possible. Like I'm listening to your brother and I hear what he's saying, but I also see that what this means to you. And I know that we can, we can overcome this thing together. You are the most important person in my life. So let's get married. 
great. Yeah, just just like a lot of young couples that get married too soon, you know, they focus on the wedding and the idea of marriage and not the actual marriage. Right. And um, yeah, it's not easy for them. A lot of them don't make it. No, most of them don't because yeah. you know why? Because they don't have any money. And then they realize, oh, we have to actually have money. Like they realize how, how important money actually is. Even if it's, even if you don't have a lot of money, the main thing is a lot of times two people don't agree on how to spend the money. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, we know we have this little bit of money and one person's like, we should be saving and being as frugal as possible. And the other person is like, we should be saving, but we should be treating ourselves from time to time. And then they clash over that. You know what I mean? So yeah, they, the, the, that's why the divorce rate is as, as high as it is. Generally people fight over money. Uh-huh. Uh, Teresa and Ethan go back to the mansion. It's a lot of back and forth. They go back to the mansion and uh, tell everybody their news. Gwen and Rebecca plan to expose Teresa on her wedding day. So that's the most important thing that's going on here is that these two are like, we're going to expose that Teresa was the knew about this letter the whole time. I still don't know exactly how they're going to do this without exposing themselves. Right. I don't yeah. know how they're going to do that, but that's the plan. Cause, Cause how would they know? How, how would they know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know, but that's the plan. Yeah. And then Rebecca tells Rebecca tells Gwen, this was crazy. This was fucking crazy. (laughs) Rebecca tells Gwen, okay, it's now it's time for you to do your part of the plan. Do the thing that I told you to do. So Gwen walks over to Teresa and says, Teresa, I'd love to be a part of your wedding. Can I be your, your, not your bridesmaid, your maid of honor. The fuck? The gumption. You don't have to be that for one. And two, um like why why would that be on any any radar for Teresa to want to have what would lead you to believe Beyonce (laughs) what about our relationship would lead you to believe that I would like you to be my maid of honor what what about what about you trying to murder me yeah come at me with a bat strangling me locking my mother in a closet saying racist shit to me what about those things makes you think yeah i want this girl in my wedding to stand up next to me when i on the happiest day of my life not only to to the man that i stole from her exactly (laughs) Uh uh-uh this doesn't make any sense so luckily uh Teresa has some sense in this moment and says oh no Whitney's gonna be my maid of honor obviously mm-hmm. of course Whitney is and then this this girl goes further uh Gwen well what about a bridesmaid I've never heard of somebody being so thirsty to be in somebody's wedding I don't know about I you, haven't but no. I do not like being in people's weddings it is too much <laughs> shit to do like I like to go to the wedding you know what I mean? But I'm not a big fan of being like, I, you know, I got to buy this dress because a lot of a lot of times it's yeah. like I, they choose dresses that are not flattering for me. Uh, I always tell them I cannot wear strapless dresses. It's always a strapless dress. So then my teddies mm-hmm. are out in this church and you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just like I'm at a church with my boobs hanging out like I'm a stripper because <laughs> you thought it would be a good idea for me to put these G cups in a strapless <laughs> bra. Or not, yeah, a strapless bra in a strapless dress. So and it and 
it's always such so bad but uh so yeah I don't like being in people's weddings I would never ask to be in someone's wedding first of all no it's a a big commitment it's a big expense and then I I mean I'm cool with being in the bride's inner circle like absolutely I'll be at the bachelorette party for sure absolutely let's, let's get a stripper let's do some fun but um yeah to have to like do all the yeah to yeah, have the to like, matching dresses the shoes the hair all that and, and it's then not like, my choice yes and then like have to be there like the wedding's not until three but I gotta be here at 9 a.m uh-uh no <laughs> I mean I'll do it for the people I love obviously I'll be I'll do it for the people I love but I wouldn't ask to do it would not ask to do it it's a big commitment I, I especially wouldn't ask my enemy and uh the ex-girlfriend of the man that I stole, the ex-fiance of the man that I stole, who hates my guy. Absolutely (laughs) not. Absolutely not. So, uh, where where was I? So, Ethan, Ethan tells her, we're not going to have a big wedding. He's like, there's not going to be any bridesmaids. We're not going to have a big wedding. It's going to be a small affair because I don't have any money. Going to the courthouse. (laughs) And that's when Ivy says, let me help you with this wedding. He and he refuses. He says, well, your money is crane money and I don't want to use your dirty crane money. And then Rebecca, Rebecca says, well, Ethan, why don't you let me pay for your wedding? My money's not crane oh, money God. and I've got plenty of money. And I'm so glad that they didn't do this again because they let <laughs> her plan this stupid ass engagement party and see, and look how that went. Right. They let her pay for that. And look how that went. So he was like, no, we're going to have a small wedding with just close friends and family. And then they're just so pushy. She's like, well, I hope we're close enough friends that we would be invited to the wedding. And he's like, sure. Why not? (laughs) And if I were Ethan, frankly, frankly, if I were Ethan, I probably would have already cussed these people out. Well, at least oh, yeah. maybe not Gwen. Cause he, he still thinks Gwen is like great. And that, and he feels guilty for how he's treated her, which I understand. But Rebecca is awful and a bitch and is horrendous, horrendous in every single yeah. possible way. So I probably would have told her like, you can take your money and put it where the fucking sun doesn't shine, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know. Absolutely not. Um, mm-hmm. but he was very nice to her, nicer than I could have been. Nice than I yeah. could have been. So they, they have a small wedding. I, I would have been throwing things in the house and yeah, I wouldn't even be there. I would have already left by then yeah. and gotten married to him. <laughs> so the last thing we need to talk about, there's some Sam and Grace stuff, but I'm gonna have to cut it out today because it just it wasn't that important uh, and it's gonna come up next week. So I'm gonna leave it out. But we do need to talk about Julian and um Rebecca and Ivy because this is actually really (laughs) important basically while all of these different things are going on Ivy and Julian keep having this same conversation about Ivy saying you're you're never going to get rid of me I'm going to always be Mrs. Ivy Crane um I'm never going to give you a divorce right Mm -hmm. and Julian not Julian, Rebecca takes it upon herself to call in a lawyer. So they have a whole conversation with this lawyer who comes in the back way so that Ivy doesn't see him. And they have a whole conversation where, where in the lawyer asks, what do you want to leave Ivy with? And Julian says, well, we've been together for 20 years. So Julian is like, 
has seemed to soften about Ivy because he was saying mm-hmm. she, she's going to get nothing, right? Yeah. But he's like, we, we have been, she has been my wife for over 20 years, you know, she and she's the mother him. of his other children. Is that how many right. do they have? Fancy and Fox? Fancy, Fox, and Pretty. They have three other kids. Yeah, <laughs> the worst names. The worst names. Like, literally, you named your girls. All Actually, all your kids have stripper names. All of your kids have stripper names, except for Ethan. <laughs> Fox because is a Ethan male stripper. That's yes. a male stripper name. Mm-hmm. It really yep. is. Or Gigolo. Is. Oh yeah, Fox Crane, Foxy Crane, Fancy Fox, Crane. Is sexy though. Yeah, he is Foxy. She's still, so she's still, she's still legally Mrs. Crane. Freaking license and has three other children of his. Um, right. Not an yeah. easy fight. And they've been married for many, many years. And he mm-hmm. spent the entire time cheating on her. Like yep. <laughs> she slept with Sam one time at the beginning of their marriage. He's been cheating on her with everybody for 20 plus years at this point. So, right. you know, he, she does deserve something from him and from the queen. Absolutely. Uh, but Rebecca says, no, Ivy shouldn't get anything. She should get nothing. Mm-hmm. And in fact, can we get all of the things that, that um, Julian has given to her over the years as gifts back? No, girl, the answer is no. no. Like, do these no. people know the law? No. And like, there is no, there is no universe where Ivy doesn't, where Ivy walks away with nothing. Right. Yeah. They, they can the, write it all they want to. goes out at least a millionaire. Not a billionaire. Maybe not a hundred millionaire. But at least a millionaire. They can write it all they want to, but there is not, there is not a universe where she walks away with nothing. At the very least, she would be getting child support for those kids. Because I think Pretty is still like in school. I think two of them are still in school. I think Fox is an adult. And I think the girls are young. I think. Right. I might have that backwards, but they, but they're like Teresa's age and younger, younger. So mm-hmm. at the very least, she's going to get the money she needs to take care of her kids. Right. Yeah. And again, where's Ethan, her lawyer son, Ivy League educated, advising her being like, oh, hey, like I have a friend who like owns a divorce law firm that can help us out. Do it for free. He's a buddy right. of mine. Well, they are on the outs because he did just find out his whole life was a lie and a lie that she had perpetrated against him. Like I, They are on the outs. Maybe he's not in the most helping mood for her. <laughs> you very know? true. Very I true. can't, I, I feel like I probably would not be in the most giving mood for my mother if I just found out that she had lied to me for all of my 33 years and my dad was not my dad, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not here right. to help you today. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I need a mental health day I'll, I'll talk you. to you in a week, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, I need at least, I would need at least a week. Right. Because I feel like I would say so many, I feel like I would probably say a bunch of things that I would regret. Because she, at the end of the Very day, true. he does love his mom, just like I love my mom. Mm-hmm. And they're like really close. But when something like that happens, it's hard to kind of control those emotions. For me, it is anyway. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to, I have to just kind of shut down and like move away from certain people when they've done something that hurt me because I love them, but I don't want to, I don't want to burn that bridge. Like, I don't want to hurt yeah. them if that makes sense. So I'll just, I'll just be by myself. So I don't say anything. Mean true, to you. Like, 
Ethan doesn't really seem like he's the type that's really had to account for his emotions. Yeah. Like he's just always given a pass and uh, what he says goes in his world. So apologies probably don't really exist much because he can't really do anything wrong because he just pays for all of his friends to, to hang out with him. Well, yeah, <laughs> he has no friends. He has Chad whom he pays. <laughs> yeah, he um. <laughs> He, uh, not only does he not have any just general intelligence, he doesn't have any emotional intelligence at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, he sucks. Oh, Ethan sucks. I'm sorry. I just, even though I'm, we're not even, I'm not even like raging against him right now. I, I'm, I'm kind of on his side, honestly. He actually, <laughs> did he do anything bad this week that I was like, this guy's so stupid and I hate him. No, I mean, he, he did do anything stuff, bad. But, yeah. yeah. He's just a, a, being a baby yeah he's just he's just he's just kind of being himself but uh so julian i mean rebecca convinces julian that ivy should get nothing so that's where we are with this he's on board with ivy getting nothing then later ivy comes in realizes that these two people have been like scheming or whatever uh she tells rebecca again i'm never going to give him a divorce. You can fuck him all you want to, but he is legally my husband. So just keep, you're never going to be Mrs. Crane, right? Never. And so she says to Julian, and as for you, you need to hear this too. You are never going to get rid of me. Number one, you need me. You need my family. Mm -hmm. You need my family. Like your family might have a bunch of money, but my family has the political clout and power. I'm a Winthrop. I'm a, I'm a motherfucking Winthrop, bitch. You are not, you need me. No, she's like, you need my family's, my family's political clout and power. Number one, number two, you can, this was my favorite. You yes. can't afford to get rid of me, Julian. Oh, she said, you can't afford to get rid of me, Julian. I know where the bodies are buried. I know. Checkmate. Mm -hmm. She says, you think that the headlines about Ethan's paternity were bombshells? They would pay that pales in comparison to what I know that y'all have done. Mm -hmm. It pales into in comparison to what I know about you and this family. So you need my silence. You can't afford to get rid of me. And Julian, for once in his life, is rendered absolutely speechless because he knows she's right. Oh yeah, she, he knows she she's right. has him. She has him in her crosshairs. Dead to right. He cannot move. Dead to right. She's right on the money. I'm so glad she got there because I have been thinking that yeah. too. It's like you can't do shit to Ivy. Ivy knows too much, and mm -hmm. like you, you definitely can't. You definitely can't get get rid of her without her getting anything. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you can, if you, I think you could probably negotiate with Ivy to for her to get her fair share and and for her silence. But you are not going to toss her out on the streets with nothing, mm -hmm. right? No way. So Julian, and it's weird because, again, Ju this both of these actors are, like, the I think probably the best actors on the show. The, these oh, two, yeah. Ben Masters, um, what is the lady who named put Kim. Kim Ulrich, I think is her name. Yeah, Ulrich, yeah. Uh -huh. they, they, I think, are probably the two best actors on the show them and Tab Tabitha oh. Juliet Mills they're great they're yeah. so good 
Julian does such a good job in this moment because I don't like him. I hate him. And I keep saying this. I really hate Julian, but he, (laughs) Ben Masters manages to make me feel something for him. He holds up that engagement ring that he just took from Teresa, which I should be mad about, right? He's holding it up to Ivy and he says, I deserve a wife. I deserve a wife who loves me. I deserve a wife who will, who, who will, uh, welcome me into her bed. I deserve love. Oh, uh, I mean, just thinking about a little, all the Julian- a little bit of humanity into the monster. Uh. Well, and I've said this, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times. Julian is a product of his upbringing. He was raised by a monster and he has been abused by this monster. I mean, since he was little, he's constantly being belittled and abused and by Alistair and talked down to and called an idiot and telling him he's worthless. And just just hearing one grown man say that kind of stuff to another grown man is, you know, bad enough. But it's Mm -hmm. your father saying it to you and you're 50 something, right? Like, He's been saying he the same shit to you. to that little boy that, that he was belittled for his whole life. It's still good, you know, that little boy, the inner child that never got healed still pops out and wants loving. So it like broke my heart. Yeah, he wants, he says he deserves love and he's trying to find it. You know what I mean? Like that, I don't know. I, I feel for Julian. I, I know that's like an unpopular position to be in, but I, really feel for him really deeply I I don't know yeah (laughs) I can't I can't I I probably need to go to therapy and figure that part out but (laughs) I I, but I do feel for him deeply um he says I deserve love I deserve a wife a real wife and she looks at him and says well I'm your wife Julian so get used (laughs) to it oh girl I loved it I loved it that was the perfect ending to the role, the Rebecca roller coaster and all the good well, the there's shenanigans. One, there's one more dip in this roller coaster, which Very is true. Julian's <laughs> holding up this ring and Rebecca, because uh, it's talking to Gwen and Gwen says to her, she says, well, it looks like you won't be able to become Mrs. Julian Crane after all, mother. And Rebecca says, watch me. And she walks over and she says, oh, Julian, it's kind of an unorthodox proposal, but I accept. Yes, I'll marry you. And she puts on the ring and he looks at her like, huh, what? And she goes, you were proposing, right? And he says, uh, yes. Will you marry me, Becky? And and she's like, of course. And they make out or whatever. So they're like engaged now. She's so she, and the I think my favorite, my favorite line of this episode was well I don't know there were a lot of great ones, but what <laughs> was when um when Julian says that about I need a wife and Rebecca comes over and says I accept I'll uh, yes I will marry you, Ivy just goes where do you get your gall Rebecca. Yeah. Like, and I was, yes, where, where, like, who does that? Rebecca does. Rebecca does. Yep. She's a mess. The wilden Rebecca, the Rebecca roller coaster. You never yeah. know when it's going to end. 
she's awful i can't stand her the this this week's episodes really they're really making her as unlike i mean she's already been like super unlikable but they're really yeah. making her as unlikable as possible like she like i really kind of hate her but the classic villain do you have anything else to add because we're ready to wrap it up oh no i mean i yeah i am glad that we did kind of remember that uh julian arc with you know, I deserve a wife. I love a wife because, I mean, it kind of plays out more. You know, with because doesn't he briefly get married to Teresa? Just oh, like his constant up. search, his constant search for love and validation that gets overshadowed all the time by what you said, by just like the evilness that like he was raised in. You know, it is, and it does take a great actor to to bring that out a character mm-hmm. because he could easily just be just like such a jerk julian the jerk you know but this ben masters is so he does such a great job with bringing humanity to him he really that, does that's why you keep wanting more <laughs> it, he really does so with that we're gonna wrap it up lauren remind the people where they can find you find me at lauren ep on instagram and love and mardi gras on instagram you can buy my book Anywhere where all books are sold, even Waterstones in the UK for all our UK friends out there. And yeah, feel free to reach out to me. My book is called Love and Mardi Gras again, and I'm Lauren Pena. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for talking with me, passions today, putting up with my <laughs> with my tangents. I really appreciate oh, it. I appreciate your been, time. This has been such a treat. You know, it's what is it? It's my passion for life. Uh, you're the the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> it's, it's, it has been. I've been a long time listener, and it's just such a delight that I can be here to talk to you. Well, thank you so much. I <laughs> I really I truly appreciate you listening and coming on the show. And I'm gonna finish your book for sure because I'm I already I really am like interested to see where it's going. You know, like <laughs> all right, we've got this girl. She's going to Mardi Gras. She's from LA. Okay. All right. Let's see what happens when she it I don't know. It feels like it was like a little fish out of water story, but I'm not sure if that's where it's going. Like it's like oh no. yeah. Yeah. It makes you it makes you want to travel. Everybody that I know that has read the book, they want to go to New Orleans after this. Yeah, I'm probably I actually do want to go to New Orleans. I have cousins there, so I'm probably going to do that this summer. But anyway, uh, that's it, everybody. That's our show. Thank you all so much for listening, hanging in there with me with all the changes and everything that have been happening. Um, Remember, you can always catch me on Instagram at Passions Pod, on TikTok at Passions Podcast, on Twitter at Podcast Passions and on Facebook at Passions Podcast. And uh, send me an email. I've gotten a couple of emails and I need to respond to them, but uh, I have, I read every single email I get. I love getting them. Send me messages. Whatever you need to say about passions, I'm here to listen and I will probably respond to you. So, so send me an email with that. You are my passion for life. (laughs) 